Are you ready for the latest Habs news, passionate debate, and in-depth analysis from hockey experts around the league? It's the most informative and interactive podcast about the Montreal Canadiens. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast, featured on allhabs.net, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Canadians Connection Podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Joseph Whalen, and I'll be your host for the next hour. Uh, this is episode 62 of the Canadians Connection podcast, the Arturi Lekkonen edition. And uh, I am so happy to be joined by the Arturi Lekkonen to my Duncan Milroy, Mr. Rick Stevens. Rick, how are you doing today, my friend? I am doing very well. Uh, we should say the Calder Cup winning Duncan Milroy yes. uh, for the Hamilton <laughs> Bulldogs, Bulldogs. Uh, but I'm very pleased to be here with you, uh, and uh, we have all kinds of things to uh, talk about today uh, as uh, folks are getting ready uh, for the Laval game this afternoon, the Canadians game against the Red Wings tonight, and probably in between doing some uh, Christmas prep, um, yes. you can listen to our podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Take us on the go. Wherever you got to go, wherever, whatever stores you're hitting up to get some stuff for your for your mom, your significant other, whoever it is, take us with you. But uh, yes, Rick, it's been a crazy week for me, for you, for the Montreal Canadiens, and just about everybody, because as you say, this is a very hectic time of year. So uh, I suppose we'll just uh, we'll jump right into it with uh, with the week that was for the Montreal Canadiens, um, and you know after going winless. In eight games, they kind of alternated wins and losses for for a few games. And then now we got on a three-game win streak going back to last week when we were talking about the game against the uh, New York Rangers. Then they headed out for a game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. They won that one. And then they finished it off with a win over the Ottawa Senators in overtime. Uh, just taking a deeper look at it, I mean, the game against the Pittsburgh Penguins, they won 4-1 to one after conceding the opening goal. They scored four unanswered. Uh, Shea Weber and, and Joel Armia with, with two really nice goals in that one uh, en route to a, a 4-1 win, as I said. But then, you know, the 3-2 win over the Ottawa Senators, they did give up a two-goal lead in the third period, but they 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 found a way. They got to overtime. Ben Chirot scoring the game winner off a nice pass from uh, Max Domi and Caden Primo picking up his first NHL win. So it's uh, it's been a uh, the the Shea Weber goal has made this kind of a, a strange week for the Montreal Canadiens. I don't think anyone expected that one. And then a rookie picking up a 20 year old goaltender picking up his first NHL win. But the Montreal Canadiens are going to take those results. I mean, you get two wins in your two games, and the Montreal Canadiens seem to be back on the right track. Is it fair to say? I think um, let, let's say they're on a different track. Yeah, they've they've <laughs> they've. Uh, yeah, they've moved over to a different tra- over to the slow lane, uh, but is still um, successful um, because I think it's clear now that that uh, Claude Julien has uh, completely ditched the um, uh, system that was developed over the summer with his coaching staff and and that was implemented and used in October and November that that um, you know speed. Um, heavy forecheck, uh, defense pinching, activated 
Um, and uh, that system that in November was giving up odd man rush after odd man rush, uh, giving up um, uh, unlimited number of high, high danger scoring chances, um, and which which uh, because of of the the personnel on defense that the Canadians have uh, was giving up. Um, uh, far too many goals and led to the eight game losing streak. That's been revamped. That's been shelved. Uh, and it's all hands on deck in the defensive zone of five man uh, defensive uh, effort. Now clog the neutral zone. Um, and defense aren't pinching. Uh, it's, it's completely different. It's, you know, fans are complaining about boring hockey. Well, um, it has been boring. We saw that against Ottawa. We saw that against Pittsburgh. But can't complain because it's been effective. Uh, so we may not have as entertaining a team going forward. Uh, but um, so far with the new system, um, there's a three-game winning streak in, in their pocket. And uh, with the Detroit Red Wings tonight, prior to going out on the uh, Western, the infamous uh, yeah. annual Western <laughs> road trip, and and we'll, we'll we'll be talking about that later. That's actually our question of the week uh, for this week. Yeah, and I mean, feel free to uh, chime in on Twitter to with those replies, or if you'd like to call into the show, it's a live show. You can call in two one three nine four three thirty seven fifty four. That is two one three nine four three thirty seven fifty four. And if you're listening on demand. You can always text at our text line, 585-3-ROCKET. Um, so, Rick, as you mentioned, there has been changes to the way the Montreal Canadiens are playing, and I think that that's probably the proper course of action to take, given the fact the Montreal Canadiens are playing down players. You know, you, you don't have the personnel that you started this season with, and now the Montreal Canadiens are simplifying, which is probably the best way to do things. And, uh, I mean, you, you talk about the way – that Ben Chirot's been playing. I mean, this is a team that has bought into whatever it is that the Claude Julian and the Canadians coaching staff have told them to do after there seemed to be a little bit of dysfunction earlier this season with, with Claude Julian saying, well, we're giving them the, 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 the you know, the solutions to these problems. They're, they just aren't using them, but now it looks as though things are back on, on the right track or at least a different track, as you say. Uh, for the Montreal Canadiens. But uh, there was an interesting, though, uh, last night, there was a story that emerged out of Laval that surrounded Charlie Lindgren, who would be getting the start in Laval, uh, but that would change the alternating goaltender schedule that Joel Bouchard has been working with this entire season. And then that was a, a bit of a curious move, given the fact that you have talked about many times on this podcast and from the press box about how Bouchard has been unwilling to change uh, that aspect of the team. He's going to go one start for one goaltender, then the other goaltender. So him, Lindgren starting last night, kind of previewed that there would probably be a bit of a change, and there has been because Charlie Lindgren's been called up and Caden Primo, after picking up his first win and getting some nice compliments from Shea Weber and Carey Price, is headed back to Laval, which it looks like is a move to get him some work. So this is a, a, a pretty complex situation. And, and yeah. I think, <laughs> you know, we've, we, uh, there, there's been some interesting comments um, today we've seen on social media um, 
Um, Pierre Lebrun said, uh, you know, returning Primo um, to the Laval Rocket is because development is a priority um, with respect to Primo for the Montreal Canadiens. Well, <laughs> I imagine... You know, uh, th- there's all these kind of silos of thought, and they they forget the bigger picture. Um, and the bigger picture is that um, if development was a priority, Caden Primo wouldn't have been called up in the first place. Yeah. Um, he never would have been called up in the first place. Uh, we we, you know, we've we've moved on from the the losing streak, and and we'll probably not mention it again. I'll only mention it in terms of. You recall that that uh, the narrative needed to be changed. There was ni- knives and daggers out for Claude Julien, for Mark Bergevin, for Jeff Molson, uh, and they needed something. They needed a big move, a move that was going to change the conversation. And that move was using their 20-year-old goaltending prospect of the future to change the channel. Um, and now what happens once you do that and you create a big buzz about this goaltender, now what do you do? Um, the first game he played against the, you know, Colorado, there was, uh, 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 folks were excusing the effort that he had. He looked very nervous in the, in the first period. He gave up two very soft goals. Um, and then he's playing against, uh, his, his second start. Uh, the Ottawa Senators, and, and let's be honest, um, wasn't a tough game for uh, for Caden Primo. Uh, the qual- quantity of the shots was there. The quality was not. Um, in fact, the, um, uh, the Montreal Canadiens gave up the fewest high-danger chances uh, all that they'd given up all season long, just three in that game uh, at even strength. And... Um, Two of the two of those uh, high uh, high danger chances went in. Um, he allowed two goals, so um, yeah. it was a decent effort. Uh, but okay, the Canadians got through that. They didn't. They didn't. Their twenty year old uh, prospect wasn't shelled, uh, and now they can return him um, to uh, Laval, where he should be, and uh, let's hope that that's where he stays for the remain if. If, as some are saying, development is a priority, that's where he'll stay um, for the remainder of the the season. Um, but I I suspect that um, there will be other narratives to be written, and the marketing staff will be helping the the um, the hockey decisions staff, the hockey operations staff. Uh, as this goes on, because right now it's it's being downplayed about uh, Charlie Lindgren's uh, recall. Charlie Lindgren has been every bit as good as uh, Primo. In fact, uh, better recently um, in Laval. And uh, Charlie Lindgren, as I've said, uh, hasn't had a bad go- a bad game all season. Um, played well last night against a really high-powered uh, Rochester team. Um, and, um, but the, you know, the, the, they're tamping down expectation. Well, don't expect Charlie Lindgren to play on the Western road trip. Um, so what's going to happen when this is over and what happens to Keith Kincaid? Um, uh, you know, he didn't start out that well in Syracuse giving up four goals in the first period, not all his fault. Um, but li- didn't look good in that effort. Uh, and what happens now, you know, you mentioned uh, Charlie Lindgren um, uh, 
that was our signal last night when Joel Bouchard came out and said, uh, Charlie Lindgren will start, start his second consecutive game in Lavelle. And that this was an organizational decision, said Joel Bouchard, um, meaning that they're going to control things. It's not going to be this flip-flop. So uh, Charlie Lindgren last night, uh, Caden Primo starts this afternoon, and matinee, 3 o'clock start in Lavelle. Keith Kincaid sits for his third consecutive game. And Joel Bouchard just moments ago, Anthony um, Marcotte uh, uh, interviewed him and said, and was asked about, okay, what's now? Are we going to go back to the the every second game, the alternating starts? And he said, uh, well, uh, Primo will start today, and we'll think about the next games um, that Primo needs to play. At least that's the direction he's been given, and that Kincaid will have to take will have to uh, deal with his situation patiently, which I thought that was a very interesting quote. And remember when Keith Kink- uh, when he was sent to uh, Lavelle, everybody said, well, uh, he's being sent there uh, uh, to play a lot, to, that he'll play more in, in Lavelle. Um, it seems that's not the case. That was a bit of a, <laughs> that was, a little bit of a false narrative um, just to explain that situation sending down because he had one start and then he came in, in, uh, in um, midway through the game um, when uh, Charlie Lindgren was, was hurt and um, uh, he hasn't been seen since. So complicated situation that's yet to play out. The Canadians still have a backup goaltending issue, I would say. Yeah, they, I, I would say that that's probably uh, accurate. So Charlie Lindgren's going to be making the Western Canadian road trip with the team, in addition to a pair of Montreal Canadiens players who are currently on the shelf in Jesperi Kotkaniemi and Victor Meta, who could be nearing returns. That would seem to be the suggestion, given that they're going on the road while Pi, B- Paul Byron is is staying in uh, in Montreal. Um, and unfortunately, they did have Matthew Pekka also go on the shelf after a uh, getting tangled up with Evgeny Malkin in a, in a questionable, <laughs> I, I don't know what you might call that. Um, but it was not, rodeo could be a very, yeah, that's an accurate way of describing it. I don't know what it was, but I know that it's probably a penalty to most players who aren't Evgeny Malkin. Um, <laughs> but regardless, he's going to be out for about six weeks. So that's, a, that's an unfortunate injury for Matthew Pekka, but on the bright side, it seems as though um, Jesperi Kotkaniemi, who we talked about, took that really nasty fall in that game against the uh, Colorado Avalanche and getting tangled up with Nikita Zadorov, seems like he might be back fairly soon, which given what we saw him, you know, the, the injury that we saw transpire, that's that's a little bit shocking that I, that he's going to be maybe making his return fairly soon, sooner rather than later, I guess. Yeah, and um, normally, um, with respect to concussions, um, if concussion is um, uh, serious at all, they don't like the players to fly if it's if yeah. it's an issue. Uh, so the fact that he's going on this long Western road trip with the team uh, would suggest to me that, um, you know, uh, 
uh, he's he's closer uh, and and may play. Uh, otherwise, they wouldn't uh, they they wouldn't take the risk of of uh, bringing him along uh, with with not only the travel but the the long flights as well. Yes, yeah, and I mean getting Victor Meta back. I mean that is going to be a pretty big help for this team. I think. I mean we we've talked about the way that they're playing now, which does not involve the defense making you know the the defenseman making those kind of uh, rushes up the ice but having that element uh, there at the very least i mean at, at the very moment at this moment in time the only guy that is capable of doing that is really jeff petrie and i guess shea weber as we saw against pittsburgh <laughs> but victor meta has the foot speed to be able to do that so i mean it's it's fair to suggest that the montreal canadians probably aren't going to be looking to make many changes but at the same time when you bring in a guy like victor meta who's capable of that at least it adds a, a level of uh, you know, the defense might have to think about the possibility of a guy making a rush up the ice. And, and Mets has done that a couple times this season. So, I mean, if Ben Chirot's playing the way that he's playing right now for a couple more weeks, if he can extend this kind of play, even though, you know, the half an hour a night probably isn't uh, sustainable, but, you know, getting back Meta and, and if Kulak can play the way that he's played, I mean, the Montreal Canadiens seem to be in a bit better shape. I won't say that it's still not a, it's, you know, that it's just not a need anymore because they have these options. But at the very least, there might be a little bit more than you thought was there. Is that fair to suggest? Or do you still think that this is still something that needs to be addressed outside the organization? Well, it's it's interesting because um, you see these kind of stories coming out, um, uh, in the Gazette, talking about Sherratt being, um, you know, such a surprise to the the Canadians, and maybe he's he's the uh, left-handed uh, top pairing defenseman that the Canadians have needed all along. You have Eric Ingles, who we know, like Rene Lavoie, is a bit of a mouthpiece for the Montreal or, uh, organization, and talking about um, a, a similar sort of thing that, that yeah. maybe the Canadians. Uh, <laughs> because of of the emergence of Sherratt, because of of Kulak and the return of Victor Meta that they don't need uh to actually acquire a left-handed defenseman um the Montreal Canadiens need to acquire a left-handed top pairing defenseman there's there's yeah. no bones about it as much sugar as you sprinkle on this they are still 26th in the league in defense in goals yeah. allowed uh and and this 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 rejigging of the of the uh, system to bring all the forwards back to help out that's not going to be sustainable because um, that's a more rugged style of game than the Canadians are built to play. Um, yeah, I know that Julian likes that kind of game. It's a kind of game that he won a, a Stanley Cup on, but but the league has moved on and the Canadians don't have the personnel to play that kind of rugged. Uh, their game is built on speed, on aggressive forechecking, and staying out of their own end. And and they've been using a different system, you know, to, and, and with some success, uh, but that's not sustainable for the rest of the year. So, yes, Montreal still needs help on defense. And, um, you know, I, we, we should mention there's been all kinds of uh, recalls and demotions and backs and forth, yeah. um, whether it's, whether it's uh, Paling or Houdon. Uh, Barber uh, Leskinen. We should mention uh, Otto Leskinen. I remember when when um, we talked and you said, uh, "Give me a little, give me a a, 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 a 
brief scouting report. And I said, yeah, the short, the short synopsis is Otto Leskinen can be a poor man's um, Victor Meta. And um, we, of all the, 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 the players who have filled in, whether it's Riley, whether it's um, uh, uh, Gustav Olsen that came up for a bit, uh, Leskinen has been the band-aid. He's been the stopgap. Uh, waiting for for Meta to come back. He's made some mistakes, um, yeah. and he's his mistakes have been similar kinds of mistakes that Meta would make, being overpowered by a bigger forward. Um, but he skates well. He moves the puck well. He hasn't he hasn't rushed uh, probably under strict direct direction not to yeah. do that <laughs> the way he's capable of doing it. Uh, but. Um, a nice little story. Uh, is is he ready to be a full time NHLer? Probably not, but a nice little story, and he's filled in uh, admirably um, uh, with uh, with Victor Meta out. And I mean, yeah, like I, the, the reason that I bring that up is because of the uh, Angles article, because that was an interesting, you know, an interesting conversation. But I still think, yes, I mean, and, and not only just for defensive purposes, but I mean, you, you'd be unlocking another game, another, you know, uh, another notch in Shea Weber's game where he doesn't have to really worry about the puck movement part of it. He can just be that physical presence that we know that he can be. Um, and also the power play. That would that'd be great for that reason. As yes. Well. But speaking of making some moves, it seems as though that a move is pretty imminent, at least as it pertains to Taylor Hall. Uh, I mean, he was a healthy scratch last night, which, I mean, he's the Hart Trophy winner two years ago. You're not going to scratch that guy unless there's something that you think is going to happen. And the New Jersey Devils seem to believe that something is going to happen with Taylor Hall in the next little while. I've, you know, you see on online that people are saying that St. Louis might be a a contender for him. Um, But it's it's an interesting uh, story. And I know that the Montreal Canadiens, we, we heard Darren Dreger for a couple of weeks say that the Montreal Canadiens might have been one of the teams that were, you know, at least in conversation about Taylor Hall, but that seems to not be quite the case anymore. Um, but, I mean, it's it's an interesting thing to see an MVP from two years ago maybe getting moved in the next little while. That's 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 got to get some, you know, uh, that might be the first shoe to drop in, in, in terms of what trades get made throughout this season. So the Canadians do need help. Uh, we, we said, uh, in addition to the left-hand defense, top-pairing left-handed defenseman, uh, they need a, a, a score, a top-six score. Uh, and we, we said that way back to the, yeah. uh, the off-season. Um, and, yes, there was some, some rumors uh, about, about Taylor Hall, um, but it was Renault Lavoie again, um, and he said that uh, the information came from Mark Bergevin. Um, he, he said this past week, uh, forget about the rumors of Hall coming to Montreal. It's not going to happen. Uh, the Montreal uh, Canadiens will not make an offer uh, to New Jersey uh, to bring him in. So this, um, yeah, whether it's St. Louis, um, I'm thinking... Colorado uh, yeah. is is going to be in there. Uh, Arizona has been rumored, and uh, and certainly Florida is also uh, a contender for uh, Taylor Hall. And that would be uh, not very good news for the Montreal Canadiens if the Florida Panthers get Taylor Hall. That would not be uh, much fun for them. But hey, that's the NHL for you. Um, so um, 
yeah, so there was some weird news out, you know, in a week that was pretty weird. There was also some odd pieces of news that we should probably just pass along. Um, so there was a story about somebody spying on uh, celebrities in the Montreal area, including Canadians players and Renaud Lavoie from the organization again, shot those rumors down. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been a strange, it's a strange story. And when it came out on Twitter a couple of days ago, the general reaction was, what is this about? What is happening? (laughs) (laughs) It, it, it was, and you and I talked, this is, this has been a week about, uh, of, of odd news. We had, uh, UP being, um, Mm. it announced that he'll be inducted into the mascot hall of fame in, in uh, Whitting, Indiana. I didn't even know there was such a thing as a mascot yeah. uh, Hall of Fame. Tommy Lasorda is not impressed by that. <laughs> oh, no, that's right. Um, <laughs> and uh, and this story about about um, an employee of, of Desjardins, a consultant, a, a brilliant computer guy, uh, in his spare time, a mild-mannered family man, um, um, hacking into the phones of, of celebrities in, in Quebec. And of course, who are the biggest celebrities in Quebec? Well, that would be hockey players, hockey players of the Montreal Canadiens. Um, and the investigative report was done by TBI. And um, even after the denial by the Canadians through René Lavoie, uh, the the um, investigative reporter is still standing by his story, uh, so it's a bit of a, a confusion. But but uh, the Canadians coming out so quickly and denying it makes is curious in and itself. If they've done an investigation, if if you know how would people know their phones are being attacked? And and apparently this wasn't done for you know, uh, extortive purposes. It was, it was a bit of mischief involved in, and viewing pictures and getting messages and, and, and all of that. So, um, it, it, an odd, odd story. Uh, but just, as you said, one that kind of made people turn their heads and say, what's this about? (laughs) Yeah, that was, that was the initial reaction on social media for sure. Um, but yeah, moving on, there's also a, a news about, and, and we've discussed a little bit about, the impact of not having an ECHL club as it pertains to young players who are sort of just displaced and not really like Michael McNiven and, and kind of not being communicated with, with, with the organization, an ECHL club would alleviate that worry. Um, but yeah, so there was thought of maybe an ECHL club in Trois-Rivières, but that seems to no longer be a thing, at least according to the mayor of uh, of Trois Rivière. So uh, yeah, this is this is just an odd odd thing, and and you know I've been banging the drum for years that the Canadians need um, to follow. Uh, I, I know if I mention the Toronto Maple Leafs, people are going to get all upset, but <laughs> um, the the Maple Leafs um, moved to a. Um, you're you're an expert on the MLB, so. Um, uh, you'll get this an MLB model uh, for yes. their uh, their affiliates, a AAA a AAA affiliate and a AA affiliate, uh, and the the Leafs have what would be their AA affiliate in in the Marlies in Toronto and their um, their 
what did I say? AAA affiliate no, it's in, AAA, in, in yeah. Toronto. Uh, the AA affiliate in um, your uh, hometown of St. John's, yeah. <laughs> um, home of the championship, the Kelly Cup champion, uh, Newfoundland Growlers. Um, and they've been very successful in, a, in an extremely short period of time. And why is that different than what other teams do? Well, the Toronto Maple Leafs, um, they are very involved with the Growlers. They install the coach. Uh, they install the system. Uh, they they've uh, were out there in the preseason. Uh, and it's, it's very much integrated into their – they have a whole development progression that includes the ECHL. The Canadians don't have anything like that. Even when um, their affiliate was in St. John's, it was uh, – or um, – uh, the ECHL Brampton. affiliate was yeah. in, in uh, Brampton. They didn't have anything like that. Um, yeah. So what, what was, what is happening now, as you said, there's uh, Hayden Verbeek and, and uh, Michael McNiven strewn all over the ECHL. And those guys feel kind of abandoned uh, and not included. And they're, they're, they're not priorities for the, the coach they play for. Uh, they don't play in a system they're comfortable with. They don't know the people they're with. Uh, it's very, very different. So to rectify that, um, Dean McDonald, who is the owner of, of the Newfoundland Growlers, uh, Glenn Stanford, who we, we know very well from the yep. St. John's Ice Caps, um, I think this all stemmed from their putting pressure on the St. John's, Ice, uh, the St. John's City Council. They were having a dispute with... Um, with the city council about their lease agreement for mile one. And they said, all right, fine. If you're going to act that way, we're going to explore possibilities and off uh, Glenn and Dean went to uh, Trois Riviere and uh, they're building a brand new uh, 4,000 seat rink. there, um, supposed to be ready next summer. Um, and uh, off they went and were photographed and posted pictures on Twitter uh, uh, while they were there saying, you know, maybe we'll move the Growlers to Trois-Rivières. And all of a sudden, St. John's City Council <laughs> said, oh, whoa, 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 wait, 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 <laughs> wait. All right, fine, we'll sign a 10-year. And they signed a 10-year lease at the end of yeah. September. Um, and everything worked out. And then um, uh, Trois-Rivières said, gee, that Dean McDonald guy was kind of nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, can we work with him? And the the um, uh, Trois-Rivières mayor had hired Marc-Andre Bergeron. We remember Mab from, yeah. <laughs> from the Montreal Canadiens as their kind of uh, ambassador, their, their envoy to negotiate uh, a, uh, a tenant for their brand new uh, arena. And Mab met with with um, uh, Dean McDonald, and they got along well. And and Dean said, "Well, gee, maybe I can own two ECHL teams." Glenn Stanford already had a, a, an existing relationship with the Montreal Canadiens uh, yep. through and and through the St. John's Ice Caps. So all of this started to be coming together. Um, and Dean McDonald put together a proposal to uh, Trois-Rivières to house the Montreal Canadiens ECHL franchise in Trois-Rivières. Problem solved. 
the Montreal Canadiens sent a letter of support. Dean McDonald was going to partner up with a local partner in uh, Trois-Rivières. They'd have joint ownership. Um, uh, Marc-Andre Bergeron uh, had done a wonderful job bringing this together. And just this week, um, the mayor said, no, no, merci. I don't think so. Um, We don't want you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, which is bizarre. Is bizarre. Yeah. He he yeah. outright rejected the proposal. He did not even take the proposal to the Trois Rivières um, City Council. He just said absolutely not. Uh, we're fine with the University of, of Quebec in Trois Rivières. They'll be the 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 tenant, the Patriots, um, and the Patriots. Uh, that project's led by uh, the CEO of Cirque du Soleil, Daniel Lemaire. Uh, so we'll have a, um, a, a CIS team here instead, uh, which seems that's an awfully nice arena for the university or uh, coming arena for the University of Quebec and Trois-Rivières. So um, and and that would, you know, everybody's saying, well, OK, uh, just wait another year and that will be the solution for the Canadians affiliate. Uh, doesn't look like that is going to happen at least at this point. I don't think the whole conversation is dead. Um, although the mayor has terminated the contract of Mark Andre Bergeron said, thanks, you're done. You're out. Uh, said no to this proposal. So he seems dead. He seems very firm on this dead set against uh, the Canadians uh, and Dean McDonald coming in uh, with an uh, C- uh, Canadians affiliated ECHL franchise. But some of the councillors are grumbling that they weren't consulted, the city councillors. So I don't think this is 100% dead yet, um, but um, what a mess. What an absolute yeah. mess. And hopefully for the sake of the Montreal Canadiens and some of their prospects, they, they find a way to get this thing done because the Montreal Canadiens kind of need an ECHL club. So let's see how this all progresses. As you say, it might not be done yet. So here's holding hope. Um but yes, um, the annual trip, moving on to the annual trip to visit sick children in the Montreal area, the Montreal Canadians do every year, the, the posts that you see on Instagram, on Twitter, uh, it's just a special thing. And, uh, you know, great to see, you know, Brendan Gallagher, Yasperi Kotkaniemi, Carey Price, all the guys out there and, uh, and visiting some children, making their day. Um, and, and that was some, some really great stuff on, on social media about, uh, the visit and uh, yeah, it's 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 great to see that kind of uh, interaction between a club and its fans. Every year, it's it's a, yeah. it's an annual thing going to the two um, children's hospitals in Montreal, and it's just uh, yeah, it's 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 heart grabbing when you see uh, yeah. the the photos and and uh, you mentioned Gallagher and and Folan, I think was the other one. Um, uh, the two of them were holding the. Um, the, the very young twins that, that had been born one, one who has um, uh, some serious issues to deal with and, and uh, uh, a, a, a wonderful tradition and uh, yeah. bring some happiness to, to not only the kids, but uh, their families that, as they go through a real tough time. Yeah. And um, we would be remiss as well. I mean, um, as before we move on and, and go to break uh, yesterday evening, some news came out of Philadelphia surrounding Oscar Lindblom and and speaking of you know just going through a, a tough time 
uh, diagnosed with a, a type of, of bone cancer. So we just want to send our best to Oscar Lindblom, who, by the way, seems like uh, just a wonderful, wonderful person. Some stories that are coming out about him. I mean, it's the, he just seems like a, a very, very nice person. And um, yeah, so just want to send your absolute best wishes to Oscar Lindblom and, and hope that he can get through this uh, this battle. Boy, this is tough, devastating type of yeah. news, and and because of the coverage we do, I've I've uh, you know we've we've crossed paths with with Oscar Lindblom, um, uh, whether it's been at the Flyers development camp or uh, when he was a member of the uh, Lehigh Valley Phantoms. Um, he's 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 quiet. He's humble. He's kind, um, and uh, he's an exceptionally good hockey player. If those who don't know, um, um, you know, he was uh, tied for the team lead in goals this season, um, playing mostly second line minutes. And, and um, I thought it was just before this announcement was made, um, head coach um, Elaine Vigneault was asked uh, at practice on Friday, which player had surprised him most. And, and ironically, um, and, and, and in a heartbreaking way, he said, Oscar Lindblom, he said, this was a player that I, I knew very little about before coming to the, this organization. Um, let me read this. Oscar's turned out to be a tremendous player for us. Power play, penalty killing, five on five. Seems that guys want to play with him. He plays the right way. Um, a wonderful hockey player, and uh, he, he's certainly will be out for the rest of this season and his his career's in jeopardy and and our thoughts and prayers are 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 with him his family and this tough fight ahead uh for him as uh he begins treatment and sending our best to oscar Lindblom as we head to break here on the canadians connection podcast rocket sports media is currently recruiting talented motivated and committed people to join our team if you're a student wishing to gain experience a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas, sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are located in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net. 
the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. And we're back here on the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Um, we're going to move on uh, to bringing back a segment, a very popular segment on this show. And uh, we're going to discuss some players that we think have looked good over the last little while, and specifically the three-game winning streak that the Montreal Canadiens find themselves on, and some guys who may not be uh, looking so good as of late. So, Rick. Are you ready for some winners and losers? Wow, I've been ready for so long for this segment. <laughs> Bringing it back, and uh, I think that this that we need to hit the hit the bumper on this one. And now it's time for this week's winners and losers on the Canadians Connection. It's been a while since we've heard Amy Johnson on this podcast, and uh, even though that we have been talking about her because of fantasy sports, we'll get into that a bit later on the show, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you still we need your we, feud going there there's the feud that is still ongoing it is ongoing yeah. um and uh we will we will discuss if we have some time but i know that there was uh some words about me on the latest from the press box podcast but we won't get into that just yet we'll we'll, we'll get into the, we'll start with the players we'll see we'll see what we think about some players who have uh looked a little bit uh who have looked really well actually looked really good over the last little while and uh I guess I'll get us started because I would like to highlight somebody who I think has been getting a lot more attention this year than last year, which is good because last year he received a fair bit of criticism. And even though he was most of the time undeserving of any criticism, really, there were bigger fish to fry. But Yol Armia was the guy that wore a lot of, uh, who, who received a lot of criticism. Uh, last season and this year has been a different story because his offensive numbers have started to reflect the work that he has always done and that is to say that the Montreal Canadiens have needed Yoel Armia this season and especially the fact that he is on a team that is as we talked about we we looked at the athletics uh, team demographics not an especially big team the Montreal Canadiens Armia gives them that, and he also gives them somebody who is capable of physically dominating his opponents from time to time. And we saw that this week when he outworked Chris Letang and outmuscled Chris Letang and then just went in, coasted into the, to uh, Tristan Jari and used his great wrist shot that he has in tight to beat him. Uh, and, and that was just such a great play from Armia, and he's been doing those types of things all season. His line, and and I go back a couple of uh, a couple weeks when they reunited Armia, Kotkaniemi, and Lekkinen. That line works so hard to win puck battles, to to maintain the puck. I mean, they are just fantastic when it comes to winning those battles, to maintaining puck possession, and that's so important. You know, if you if you don't have a whole lot of speed which, I mean, you could say might be uh, things that Jesperi Kotkaniemi and, and Yol Armia specifically on that line, that would be the thing that they might need to work on. But if you don't have it, you need to work harder than your opponent. And Yol Armia does that every time that he steps on the ice because he's just a big body presence. He's somebody 
that is capable of playing the physical style of hockey. He's somebody that has the skill to play on the power play, to put up points. And now when you look at the Montreal Canadiens without Andrew Shaw, that's become really, really important that they've had somebody that stepped into that role where last year you had Andrew Shaw put up, putting up a career year. Yolami has been put into that position or at least has taken on that responsibility. And he hasn't, he hasn't missed a, missed a beat. He's been just as good as Andrew Shaw was last year. And that is huge for the Montreal Canadiens. They needed somebody to do that. And he has done everything that's been asked of him. And quite frankly, I would like to see more <laughs> being asked of him uh, specifically. And I know that Nick Cousins scored a power play goal this week. So uh, I don't want to, you know, that's been one of the things that we've been wondering about. But I would like to see Yol Armia in that spot where Nick Cousins currently occupies. And then maybe somebody else occupy the, the bumper in the, in the high slot. Because we know that Armia in tight. He's got a really good wrist shot that can beat goaltenders clean from in there. And he does a lot of great work with deflections as well. Big body presence, screen the goaltender. I don't know. It's just something that I think that if you look at the way that Armia can, can deflect the puck, can shoot in tight, all of those things. I mean, he's just been phenomenal for the Montreal Canadiens early and, and, and basically like found money if we're being honest about it, because I don't know if they viewed him in this way. He's um, he's the Canadians have have needed uh, Joel Armia. He provides, as you said, a big body presence. I love how he protects the puck. That's something yeah. that's a bit of a lost uh, skill, or 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 maybe it's just rare on the Canadians. Um, uh, but he does that extremely well. Uh, and one of the measures that, in addition to to uh, the the important goals that he scored. Uh, one measure we 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 every so often we introduce a bit of analytics and 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 we we put it in context uh, and one something that um, I like uh, one of the the analytics uh, metrics is uh, goals above replacement yeah and uh, goals above replacement kind of a little bit uh, misnamed because it includes um, even strength offense offense and defense. Uh, includes uh, in there the um, it, it's kind of a regression formula. It includes um, uh, drawing penalties. It includes faceoffs, um, and and kind of a representative of of the contribution above an average player uh, that that the player makes. Uh, and if you look at the Canadians this season so far, um, the players at the top of the goals above replacement list. Uh, our players you might expect, Brendan Gallagher, um, Philip Deneau, Arturi Lekkonen, they're all uh, near the top of that list. But the player on the very top is Joel Armia. Um, and he is, is uh, been, been, I think, um, you know, one of the more valuable players uh, for the Canadians so far uh, in the first um, third or so of the season and, and uh, um, has been – you know, I, as you said, uh, if they were looking for uh, a replacement of Andrew Shaw, he's delivered far more uh, in my yeah. opinion, a far more complete contribution uh, than that of, of Andrew Shaw and, and uh, a worthy, a very worthy uh, winner of the week. And I think that your winner is just as, if not probably a little bit more worthy, given that he is taking on a lot of responsibility, including being a mentor to uh, to young teammates, including Caden Primo this week. 
Well, um, Shea Weber, um, and uh, when I, I I was all set to to name Shea Weber as my winner of the week, and then in doing uh, you know a bit of looking, I just all the negative comments about Shea Weber. I thought maybe I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't name Shea Weber. And well, Brendan, Ge- Brendan Kelly hates Shea Weber and all of these media types hate Shea Weber. And I looked, I found this tweet from Andrew Berkshire. You remember Andrew, mm-hmm. the bombastic Andrew Berkshire. Yeah. Um, that uh, in 20, in June uh, of 2016 said, uh, listen, anyone who thinks Weber won't be viscerally hated in Montreal is dreaming. This move is way worse than the Gomez trade. Ah, don't know about that one. <laughs> that didn't age well, did it? That didn't no, age very well no. at all. Okay, so he's a Subanite too. So is Brendan Kelly. And all of the, the silly comments about Shea Weber and being too old and can't play in the league and what a wasted, what a terrible trade. As we've said, um, that was a hockey trade, and I've maintained that the Shea Weber trade was one of the best that uh, Bergevin has has made, uh, and 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 that's even aside seeing the the rapid decline of of PK Subban, just what he's contributed, what he's contributed yeah. on the ice, uh, what he's contributed on the ice, certainly has uh, taken charge of this team. Um, last year, with him being injured, yet yet he instituted the. Um, the Cape, um, and uh, it, it's his team. It's he's he's uh, one of the best leaders in uh, in hockey, and um, and he certainly um, has proved that um, this season. But also in his his production, um, yeah, he's all he already has uh, ten goals, um, and uh, six of those power play goals. His 10 goals are third among defensemen uh, in the National Hockey League. Um, he's fifth in points in the National Hockey League for defensemen. Uh, Shea Weber has, has been uh, everything that uh, every bit is, as, as, as uh, impactful um, as you'd want. And uh, certainly a lot of the credit that is uh, and a lot of the praise that's going for, for Ben Sherratt, m- much of that is, is earned, but a lot of it comes from yeah. uh, the, the wide shadow cast by Shea Weber. And uh, he's been, he's been remarkable this season. And, and perhaps, um, perhaps because if we, we had this favorite segment uh, more often, Shea Weber would be talked about more often, but, uh, certainly deserves. Uh, it was the first player that I thought of uh, when we mentioned about uh, uh, the return of this segment this week. Yes, yeah, and he deserves it, as you mentioned. And I mean, probably the uh, had the quote of the week as well with respect to his wraparound goal, saying that it might have been his first wraparound goal since playing <laughs> NHL '95. And yeah, <laughs> that's a pretty good quote. And then as well. Uh, protecting his uh, young goaltender from Brady Kachuk uh, after he kind of backed into him there, and and uh, and Weber fell on to Caden uh, Primo. It, it was it was really cool. Uh, it's 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 shown the 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 impact and the willingness to protect his teammates, especially 
uh, his goaltender, his young goaltender, and, and Caden Primo. So, uh, yeah, absolutely well-deserved nod for uh, Shea Weber, who uh, continues to uh, make fans wonder when this trade is going to – when this Subban for Weber trade, as everyone said at the time, was going to turn bad makes everyone wonder when exactly that time is going to be because it's been nothing but great for the Montreal Canadiens up until now. Um, let, let me but, just add yeah. before we uh, go uh, to our next uh, yes, uh, yeah. candidate, let, let me just add that Shea Weber, yes, uh, protected um, uh, Caden Primo in that game uh, when uh, Braden, uh, Brady Kachuk was a, a little too close. Uh, yeah. But also after the overtime winner, um, Went right Shea Weber – went right to Caden Primo, uh, not yeah. the goal scorer, not the overtime goal scorer. He, he, now this isn't, he, it wasn't something new he did. Uh, he always goes to the goaltender because he said that, that, uh, that's, that the goaltender's some contribution is sometimes forgotten. Uh, but yeah. just a really nice gesture. And, and just to add on to that was what Carey Price did um, yes. after that game. And chase down. <laughs> you don't want to mess with with uh, Carey Price. Chase down no. uh, Brady Kachuk, who had scooped up uh, that uh, the puck. Uh, of course, um, he knew. I know what he's denied after. He knew what that puck yeah. would have meant to Caden Primo and uh, Carey Price intercepting him uh, and retrieving the puck and presenting it to Caden Primo meant everything in the world to to Primo and uh, shows, you know, who the leaders are on this team and, and that they are taking care of the, the young guys. And, and just to play devil's advocate, because I did see that there were Sens fans that were saying, well, it was Hainsey's 1100th game, but I mean, there are other pucks, there are other pucks there that they can, they can grab for Hainsey and he's a veteran. He's, he's got plenty of mementos, <laughs> but uh, moving on to the, to the losers of the week. And, you know, maybe even a little bit longer than that um, for me, it's it's not so much that this guy has been performing like a dud so much as it's kind of he's been emblematic of what the Montreal Canadiens have been this season, which is a lot of, yeah, listen, the highs have been good. The highs have been nice, but the lows have been not so nice. And that guy is Tomas Tatar. And when you think about the way that he's been playing, I know that the numbers suggest, I mean, he's having a pretty, he's having a good season production wise, and you'd expect nothing less given the fact that last year, the line, and it continues to be the case with Tatar, Deneau, and Gallagher has been Montreal, the, the Montreal Canadiens best scoring line, the best option that they have. But, you know, earlier this season, they were kind of playing around with it a little bit because Tomas Tatar was in the doghouse and they had Jonathan Drouin up there before he got injured Eventually, they went back to Tatar with Dano and Gallagher, and they haven't abandoned it since because, well, mostly out of necessity because they don't really have a guy that can play alongside Dano and Gallagher. And even though he's put up some really solid numbers, and, and listen, I, I'm not saying that his production hasn't been uh, unappreciated, but at the same time, you look at the way that he's, his effort has kind of been a little bit all over the place. And, and this is from a guy who last year – was fairly consistent. You kind of knew what you were going to get out of Tomas Tatar on a night-to-night basis, and now it's not so much the case anymore. And against that, uh, against the Ottawa Senators, like he just wasn't good. I mean, there was times where he looked hesitant, that he didn't want to shoot the puck, that he was kind of second-guessing himself. And I mean, he had listen, he scored that goal against Tristan Jari as well, where he kind of you know the knuckleball kind of uh, the change-up as I called it. He tossed him a change-up, and when Tristan Jari was 
stopping basically everything, and uh, that was what had fooled him. But, I mean, the game against the Ottawa Senators, there were opportunities that he had to shoot where he didn't, and then later on in the third period, he shoots, and it was probably the worst chance that he had all game, but he shot it, and it went in. Um, but it's just kind of things like that where he was kind of playing with this weird mix of, like, a, like it was kind of hesitant, but at the same time, he was forcing forcing the issue a little bit when he shouldn't have been, you know, when he shouldn't have tried to make a move around a defenseman. And then early, uh, later in the game, he took a penalty, and then he made Brendan Gallagher take a penalty because he didn't really he made a poor decision in his own end. You know, it's just that kind of thing that it's it's been ongoing with Tomas Tatar, and it's not that he's been, you know, he's been bad or anything, but it's just kind of curious because this was a guy that was really steady last year for the Canadians, and they needed him to be steady, and and unfortunately that has not been the case. And as I say, he's he's kind of been emblematic of of the big problems that have been going on in Montreal, where it's the ups are great and high, and the downs are pretty low. It's such an odd um, season for him, like you said. Yeah. Um, you know, he's he's leading uh, the team in scoring, twenty eight points in 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 thirty two games, um, but he has uh, twenty four penalty minutes, almost as many penalty minutes as yeah. points. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he's been um, undisciplined. His uh, he's looked uninterested at times. Um, he's he's looked tentative, as you said. Uh, uh, not wanting, uh, giving up, um, you know, ideal uh, scoring chances, uh, uh, shooting chances. Um, he's not taking a lot of shots. Fortunately, his shooting percentage is is uh, up there, whether he can sustain that or not. Uh, as you said, some of them have been going in, uh, <laughs> have been very yeah. fortunate for him. <laughs> and that Tristan Jerry was uh, goal, the goal on Tristan Jerry, uh, ending that franchise uh um, that history-making streak that Jerry was on, 177 minutes uh, uh, scoreless streak, uh, was was amazing. Uh, shutout streak. Sorry. Um, it, it, just as an aside, um, why not Tristan Jerry over Keith Kincaid? Tristan Cherry, Jerry was made available by the Pen- Pittsburgh Penguins all summer long. They've got Casey yeah. Smith sitting in the AHL, who's who's too good for the AHL. Um, they let every team in the league know that Tristan Jerry was, was available. And now he's leading the league with a 941 save percentage. Um, that's my, my rant of the week. Sorry. We're talking about guitar. <laughs> um, uh, but um, what a, what a strange, strange season for Thomas Tatar. And um, he's, he's got to be more consistent. I, uh, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's going to be listen the the production is listen the Montreal Canadiens are going to need that so it, it's it's still somebody that is of that has value to this team and just be great to see him be a little bit more consistent but uh, moving on with uh, with your loser of the week well again I I hate to bust um, myths bust balloons here yeah uh, <laughs> because Nate Thompson is beloved by fans. Uh, Nate Thompson is talked about in glowing terms by fans. Uh, Nate Thompson is uncle Nate, uh, and seems to, to, to have had a pretty positive effect on the, uh, the, the, the players seem to like him too. Um, yeah. and there's no question. There is no one better on the Montreal Canadians. When you're talking about face-off percentage, 
Um, there's no other than other than statistically, other than Arturia Lekkonen, but we know he doesn't take yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot of face-offs. Arturia Lekkonen has a better face-off rate, but among the regular centers, no one has a better face-off percentage uh, than Nate Thompson, and that's pushing uh, almost 55%. Um, however, uh, in, in an ideal uh, Claude Julien system, the fourth line is expected to contribute contribute defensively contribute uh offensively because it's supposed to be a high energy system they're supposed to be playing meaningful minutes not just to give the the other uh three lines a a rest they're supposed to contribute meaningful minutes um nate thompson is and when you look at corsi for percentage he is the worst uh, amongst regular forwards at 47%. Uh, Not good. His possession numbers are terrible. Relative Corsi numbers are, are underwater, minus 8%. Um, he, he, he doesn't maintain pr- possession, and that's um, his, his, it affects the penalty kill numbers. Remember that the Canadians are still pretty pathetic on penalty kill. Nate uh, Thompson is... Um, having a tough time out there on the penalty kill. He's not getting into the places that he needs to be getting into. He's not uh, mobile enough, uh, it would seem. He's not getting his stick in those, uh, blocking off those lanes. He's having a tough time there. He has weak uh, goals for per 60 minutes. He has terrible um, goals against per 60 numbers. Um, And, I mentioned earlier in the show uh, uh, with respect to Joel Armia, uh, a, a nice uh, um, advanced stats uh, metric, and that's uh, goals above uh, replacement. Um, if we look at that and we look at where um, uh, Nate Thompson is, Nate Thompson and uh, Jordan Wheel, uh, another uh, guy I would suggest is having a bit of a tough season, they are both underwater. Um, they are below um, expectations when you, below what a replacement player would be, uh, and uh, the worst on the team. Nate Thompson, Jordan Wheel at the bottom in terms of forwards with goals above replacement. I know that that Claude Julian likes a veteran in that in that place in in that fourth line place, and we saw it with Steve Odd and and. Um, uh, the, the others, uh, but, but, um, I don't know that, that, uh, in my mind, um, Nate Thompson is, a, I'd, I'd, I'd like to bring him in on a situational basis, but I don't know yeah. that I would have him as a, an every game, uh, player, uh, in the pursuit of a playoff spot and, and certainly not when it gets to uh, playoff time. Yeah, I, I would view him in that light as well. It's more of a, it's like if you use a more baseball terminology, more of a platoon guy that you can bring in and you can you can trust and uh, on on rest. But I mean, I don't know if he can play every night at this point in his career. I just don't know if he can he can give you that. Um, and that's I think been mostly the concern with me with Nate Thompson. But uh, regardless, uh, we will we will see what happens uh, with with Nate Thompson with Tomas Tatar and the two winners of the week for uh, this week, Shea Weber and Joel Armia. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we threw out the question of the week earlier. 
what will the Habs get for Christmas after the four-game Western road trip? So we're going to get to some responses to that and then our own predictions uh, after a quick break. So stay with us here on the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHab when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to showyourhabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. And we're back here on the Canadians Connection podcast, just talking about some fantasy hockey. And speaking of which, um, I heard some comments, as I said earlier, on the from the Press Box podcast about oh that podcast, yeah, yeah, about <laughs> me again, dragging oh, me into no. it as oh, always. No. Amy Johnson oh, playing, no. saying that you know I'm I'm just that everyone's going to you know go easy on me, and then everyone's going to at the end of the season make sure that I do do not repeat as a, as champion. And, uh, you know, it's, listen, I understand it. And, uh, we, we talked about <laughs> earlier in this show, we talked about the, uh, Dean McDonald, Glenn Stanford and, and the Newfoundland growlers. And listen, champions come from Newfoundland. It's just a known fact. There's me, there's Brad Guju, there's the Newfoundland growlers. That's, that's about it. But the, listen, wow. we, 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 we come from Newfoundland. All right. Listen, so I just I don't understand why Amy Johnson has this vendetta against me as being a as a champion and and you know I I I'm so you know I'm so generous and, and I give compliments about your guys' ability and you guys are fantastic by the way when it comes to podcasting and I said that you guys were just as good at podcasting as I am at fantasy hockey that is to say that you guys 
are the best podcasts in in the world. So, uh-huh. <laughs> and yet here we are, and I'm still the villain. I'm still the bad guy. I don't I don't get it. But you know what? Listen, the champion's going to take some heat. I understand that. I, I I've I, I've come to know that. And uh, at the end of the year, we'll see who's on top. And I expect that it will be me, even though even though there has been a, a development where we had Mike take over a team a couple weeks ago. And since his friend Shane has also taken over a team in our league. And this time it's, it's been the team that I'm facing. And uh, I thought it was going to be an easy week because I was playing a team that there wasn't somebody that was using it. But now here we are at the six, four lead for myself, but uh, we will see how it, uh, it all shakes out for this week. But uh, Shane's putting up a good fight. I got to give it to him. He's been, uh, he's been very, very good, but uh, yeah, uh, we will see how this, it's all unfolds. <laughs> well, earlier in the week, um, uh, during the the uh, from the press box uh, podcast, of course, that's uh, affiliated with with uh, AHL Report, our 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 sister podcast that looks at uh, the AHL, looks at prospects. Um, we we looked and and uh, um, hosting with me is is uh, the aforementioned Amy Johnson. Uh, that you have this running feud with. I don't quite understand it. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's all in good, uh, good nature. Uh, yeah. Um, but we looked in horror uh, that, that you had a, I don't, I don't remember what it was, an 11, nothing lead, a 12, nothing lead over a team that uh, it seems had been uh, abandoned. Um, and uh, so we put out the call and listeners came running to manage this team um, in order to take over and, uh, and to challenge you, uh, the, the reigning uh, champion of fantasy hockey. And Shane, um, Shane was also one of our winners uh, that went with us uh, to Vancouver for the uh, draft in, in June. Uh, Shane is a, a Colorado Avalanche fan, and, uh, which we won't hold against him, except if no. Taylor Hall goes there. <laughs> Um, and, uh, so he came in and, and just revamped that team in, in, uh, very quickly, uh, and is, uh, is putting up a fight. I am, I'm facing his buddy, uh, Mike, uh, who also you mentioned came in, uh, uh, several weeks back and, uh, we're, we're deadlocked in a five, five tie so far, uh, this week. And, uh, so yeah. Fantasy, all Habs fantasy hockey. Um, we also have all Habs fantasy football, our, our, our fantasy sports leagues. Um, if you want to be a part of that, uh, whether it's this year, next year, uh, let us know. And uh, we have multiple leagues and uh, we're glad to, to have you join us. It's, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. And there certainly is a lot of trash talking going on, as you can tell. Yeah, and uh, Shane and Mike both doing a tremendous job of changing the culture for a couple of clubs in uh, the All Habs Fantasy Hockey League. So we'll uh, we'll keep those uh, we'll keep you updated on what's going on there. But uh, and the up and the ongoing feud between myself and Amy Johnson that's never going to die. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we'll we'll switch gears now to the question of the week, which we threw out on Twitter and Facebook, which is simply, what will the Habs get for Christmas after the four game Western road trip and. Uh, there have been some uh, response to this and uh, we have our friend Amy saying, uh, will it be a lump of coal or something for everything on Santa's nice list? That's uh, that's 
let's let's get started with that because there are some differing uh, opinions on the value or the importance of this road trip as it pertains to the Montreal Canadiens. And Chris G, our friend Chris G, uh, tweeted out that he thinks that the Canadians need a uh, minimum of five points from this Western road trip. And I think that that might be uh, the case. I think that given the fact that they had that very nice schedule early, uh, late November, mid-late November, and they weren't able to get much out of it, I think that that has increased the importance of this road trip, that you need to get something positive from it. And, uh, you know, you have Matt from the uh, Habs Unfiltered podcast saying, to be honest, I'm just hoping for a healthy team. Byron, Kakinyemi, Meta all returning to the lineup. I believe they'll also need to make a uh, backup goaltending decision soon. And yeah, that is that is that is true. And we talked about that. Uh, might need to come to a decision about who's going to be their backup for the rest of the season. And uh, yeah, it's it's been kind of uh, back and forth. You have Freddie who says, "What if they don't get five out of seven, uh, five out of eight points? Seven games from November 16th to 30th." Uh, they had a soft schedule, but only earned three or 14 points. I don't believe in setting targets for segments of games. Focus should be on the next game, only the next game. Play well and execute consistently the rest of the way, and it will take care of itself. And yeah, I can, I can agree with what Freddie's pointing out there. But at the same time, I think that at a certain point, you have to look back and say, well, listen, we did not do what we needed to do. We did not take care of business against teams that we should have taken care of business against. And now you have to you have to assume that other teams are going to start to play well, like the Tampa Bay Lightning, for example, or a team that are uh, that that had games in hand against uh, teams uh, against opponents in their division. You have to assume that they're going to be there at the end of the season, because well, they were the President's Trophy winner last year. So you have to start taking care of business. It doesn't matter who's who's it's against. You need to you need to do it. And the Montreal Canadiens, after as I said, that soft schedule, they, they didn't take care of business. Now I think they need to. So it's, yeah, there, there's been a little bit of back and forth on that, but, uh, but Rick, what's Facebook saying? On Facebook. Uh, and, and just to, just to follow up uh, to Freddie, as a fan, he may not like to, to, to look ahead uh, and just approach it one game at a time. I can tell you uh, with certainty that the team does segmented targeting. Uh, they they look at a segment. They they uh, uh, put together expectations, and and that's something that they do uh, as goal setting with with uh, with the team. So the team does look at at segments. Um, but to answer the question, uh, what will the Canadians get for Christmas following their four game uh, road trip uh, that begins Tuesday night in Vancouver? Um, Jason Corville uh, is a bit pessimistic. He says they're going to get more injuries. Uh, <laughs> Adam Colella says all depends what Habs team shows up. We've talked uh, throughout this season that it was going to be a roller coaster, and indeed uh, it has. Um, Drew Whit- Whiskey says uh, the Canadians will get a couple more injuries and a losing streak. <laughs> okay. My all goodness. right, then. Um uh, Peter Lejoie says, uh, my hope is that they, they play like an, a team uh, over the next uh, four games. Uh, and Art Pollard, a regular contributor to the All Habs fan page on Facebook, uh, he's looking a bit bigger picture. He's not looking at just the four-game road trip ending in, on the 23rd in Winnipeg. 
Uh, he's looking beyond Christmas up until New Year's, yes. and that includes games against Tampa Bay, Florida, uh, Carolina. There's there's seven games before uh, a New Year uh, the, the the move to 2020, uh, and he's saying that the Canadians will win five of seven uh, of those Ooh. games. So wow, Man. there's there's That's, a hot take for you from our there's the the optimism to balance out some of the pessimism that we saw That's a little right. bit earlier. But, yeah, that's the point that I was going to make, and it's great of Art to point that out because this is a Western road trip that turns into a trip to Florida. You're going to be playing the Florida teams for the first time this year, and you end up in Carolina. And that is a tough trip. The Western trip, uh, you have Christmas, and, and, you know, I don't know what the, what the plans are with travel as it pertains to the Montreal Canadiens for that. Probably, probably head back home. But, I mean, even still, then you head back out on the road, and you're not back on home ice, and that's that's the important part here. This is all on the road. You're not back on home ice until January 2nd. This is a really a, a hefty road trip after tonight's game. So uh, this is going to be a very interesting part of the schedule. The Western Canadian road trip always is. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun to hear some of these predictions for how it's all going to turn out for the Montreal Canadiens. So... And uh, let's I guess not overlook that, tonight's yeah. game. Let's not look yes. past it. just because of where Detroit's in the, the standings. Uh, Canadians can't afford to, to let this one slip. No, this is an opportunity that they're going to have to, excuse me, they're going to have to make the most of against a team like uh, the Detroit Red Wings, who did play them. Uh, I mean, they played them very, very tight the last time these two teams met. So uh, definitely need to, you, you can't look past anybody in this league. So. Certainly, uh, Montreal needs to do that before they head out on the road. So, um, with all that said, we have the game uh, against the Red Wings tonight. We'll be providing coverage, the, the game preview, the recap, and, and live tweeting throughout from yourself. But we also have the uh, Laval Rocket and the Rochester Americans. Uh, that will be uh, in about, uh, what, 45 minutes' time in uh, at Place Bell. The uh, Laval Rocket taking on the, uh, the Rochester Americans again. So, even more coverage. If you want to follow that coverage, go to uh, the AHL report on uh, Twitter. Uh, uh, Chris G is in the building and uh, Amy Johnson will be tweeting on that as well. And you'll find the, the recap at AHL.report. And for all of the Habs coverage, you want to go to allhabs.net, of course, go to allhabs.net. In addition to the recaps, there's going to be other articles, uh, 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 Blaine has an article on uh, that came out on Friday about the Canadians uh, centers, the center of attention calling it. And Kate Racher has a whole history series on Canadians coaches of the past, which is, those are fascinating reads. Yeah. And don't forget about our podcast. Those, as uh, we said, right off the top, you can take those along with you, listen to them on demand and find those uh on your favorite podcast platforms uh, via Rocket Sports Radio. Yeah, just search for Rocket Sports Radio, hit the subscribe button, you get all four of the podcasts, the lovely podcasts under the uh, Rocket Sports Radio umbrella. This podcast, along with From the Press Box, Have, have a Listen, and Habs Unfiltered. And yeah, you can do that on all your favorite podcast platforms, as Rick said, Overcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, Google Play, all of those. So uh, yes, you definitely do not want to miss an episode, and you can take us on the go, which is always lovely to do. Uh, but yes, lots of fabulous content at allhabs.net as always, and uh, certainly going to be more added to that following tonight's game against the Detroit Red Wings. 
So, Rick, with all that said, we will uh, say goodbye for another week here on the Canadians Connection podcast. We'll be right back here next week discussing uh, all things Montreal Canadiens, how that uh, the, how the road trip has been to uh, to that point and, and all of that. So uh, we will be right back with you then at 1 p.m. Eastern. That's 2.30 Newfoundland time. We'll talk to you then. Thanks for tuning in to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs Connection and visit allhabs.net.